We try to figure out what exactly happened versus the Cowboys yesterday and what it means for the Vikings this week versus the Patriots. It's all coming up next on Superior Sports Talk. Locked on Sports Minnesota Podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. Now it's Superior Sports Talk with CARE 11 sports anchor Reggie Wilson and Luke Inman. It's 30 minutes every day, and it's all the Minnesota sports you need. It's Superior Sports Talk, and it starts now. Back in the lab, Reggie and Luke back at it. Another episode, Superior Sports Talk, presented by Lockdown Sports Minnesota. This is your daily 30-minute breakdown of everything Minnesota sports, which you can now find streaming on your Roku or Amazon Fire Stick devices. Just look out for our Lockdown Sports Minnesota app there as well. That's Reggie Wilson on Twitter, at Reggie Wilson TV. Check him out every night up on CARE 11. Monday, Reg, and you know... There really hasn't been many Mondays this season that have felt like this. Usually we're celebrating a victory. Their only loss, in fact, was way back in week two. But as bad as that loss was versus Philly, this one was somehow worse. What was your just first thoughts when you woke up this morning when you thought about that game? Uh, that it didn't happen. <laughs> was that a dream? Yeah. Or a nightmare, should I say? Yeah, it didn't happen. Will Smith, Men in Black. Just <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about. What are we even talking about, Luke? I don't even no know. No idea. No idea. When's the twin season start again? Coming <laughs> up here pretty quick. All right. So much to get into. But first, remember, follow along Locked On Minnesota YouTube channel. Hit the subscribe button. Leave us a comment. And on Twitter, give us a follow. It's at Locked On M-I-N. And remember, we're a podcast too, free and available. All platforms, Spotify, Apple, you name it. We got it. Tons of great choices over there too. You got the Ron Johnson show. You got the football party and more. It's your one-stop shop with endless Vikings talk with local experts. Do us a favor. Hit the subscribe button and drop us a five-star review. All right, to football we go. Vikings head into week 11, seven-game win streak coming off that historical ESPN Classic in Buffalo. The stage was set. They got their first big marquee win. They can finally kind of quiet everyone up and say, see, we're legit. We just beat the Bills. And they head in saying, look, now we got five of our next six games at home. We can keep this run going. And we get Dallas, who just got beat by Green Bay. And as Chris Berman likes to say, but that's... Why they play the game. Three plays, Rich. Took three plays to realize this Vikings offensive line wasn't going to hold up versus the NFL's number one pass rush. Micah Parsons throws Darius out of the side. Strip sack fumble. Quiets the crowd. Could hear a pin drop at U.S. Bank after that. Cousins was sacked seven times on 23 dropbacks. That's the most he's ever been sacked in his entire career. In fact, heading into that game, he'd been sacked only on 5% of his dropbacks. Yesterday, he was sacked on 30% of his dropbacks. It's only a 600% increase from weeks 1 to 10. No big deal. Defense wasn't any better without the help of Dalvin Tomlinson, Cam Dantzler, Caleb Evans. Cowboys bullied the line of scrimmage all day with Zeke and Pollard, who, by the way, just real quick, 
Pollard, maybe the best kept secret in the league right now. He, I think, might become a legit superstar. He's that good. Andrew Boot Jr. got picked apart all day, and the defense allowed 40 points. Here's some fun facts for you. It was the second time the Vikings have ever allowed more than 450 yards while gaining less than 200. The 37-point home loss, that was the second worst in franchise history. They lost to the Cardinals in 1963 by 42. And in the Super Bowl era, there's only been four teams ever with one loss or fewer after Week 10 to lose a game by 30 or more points. The Vikings are now one of them. For me, Reg, that's the worst loss I think I've witnessed since that Josh Allen. He came to town in 2018. They lost 27-6. There's plenty to dive into, but first, I guess just summarize best you can what you witnessed. You were there yesterday and how things got so ugly so quick. Man, it was bad. You know, the the thought was the Vikings were due for a letdown, mm -hmm. and it just kind of felt like that they would be i don't know it, i don't know we just got different vibes from from that game but when it started you were like okay maybe not like this you know like you, you might have expected them to have a letdown and maybe drop one but it was very early where you thought like oh okay i don't think they're coming back from this one cuz they got down 17 uh, against buffalo last week and at least they were competitive. You were like, okay, maybe. And then Dalvin breaks the big 81-yard run, and you're like, oh, okay, all right, maybe. And it, it's funny, man. When you exert as much energy and do what they did to get up for that game last week, it's tough to do that two straight weeks. And they just didn't have it, you know. Patrick Peterson said they were outplayed. Kevin O'Connell said they got out coached. You know, it's it's fine, you know, to to go and and lean on those phrases. But I think if you're a fan, you don't want to hear that because it's just like, no, why aren't you prepared? Like, why are you getting outplayed? Why are you getting out coached in these games? Like, that shouldn't happen. That's just one of the worst losses I've seen. They were flat out embarrassed. And I don't know how you come back from that. They were talking in the locker room about how it was great that they got a really short week so they can come back and get right back on the field and, and show who they are. I think it's going to be a different situation against the Patriots. Look, the Patriots, they scored three points most of that game. If not for that punt return for a touchdown that was the walk-off there, they had three points. Three. The Vikings scored three. <laughs> and so <laughs> you're like, all right, well. How many? You, you How many? hope that they – it was three. Three. You, you would hope that they could they could learn from that and, and really, you know, move forward and, and do better on Thursday because two straight losses like that would just be kind of – I don't know. It, it's so interesting – you know, a team wins seven straight and you have one bad performance and you got the Boo Birds coming out. And it was packed yesterday at the bank. Like, I didn't see an empty seat in the house. And people were jacked up for that because the Vikings had drummed up so much excitement. That was such a letdown for fans that they didn't, you know, necessarily show up ready to go. 
And it was kind of eye-opening, you think about it, especially from that first drive. You know, Derisaw comes into the game. I don't know if he was 100%. I don't know if if he should have been out there yesterday. But he comes out there, and Michael Parsons bullies him right there, and, like, nobody has done that to Christian this season. And you're like, wait a minute. Like, he's gone against Von Miller. Like, he's gone against some some dudes this year, like, I know Michael Parsons is a beast, but goodness gracious. But that seemed to, like, set the tone for the day, and it just got miserable and even more miserable for Kirk in the offense from that point. No, you're right. You touched on a lot of great points. Kind of the perfect storm. Like you said, they were kind of already due for a letdown game. Like, this isn't Madden. There's too much parity in the NFL to just continue to win week after week after week. The way the Vikings were winning, didn't expect to lose the way they did, of course. But just the perfect storm of they got out coached. Guys like Derisaw, your best player on the offensive line, if not even entire offense outside of JJ, he gets manhandled early on. But the lack of depth really was exposed yesterday. And that's what's scary for me because up until their bye, the Vikings were one of the most healthy teams in the league. Great injury Mm -hmm. luck. But since week eight, that Cardinals game, they've slowly but surely just had to deal with more and more guys getting banged up. It's been a flat out problem, really. Like the lack of depth with Dantzler and Evans out. Booth got exposed, just picked on all day like the kid on the playground. Loss of Mm -hmm. Dalvin Tomlinson. They masked that up the last few weeks, but that finally stung. Cowboys used an abuse them up front in the trenches you know things are bad when Harrison Phillips is just getting washed out every play every run they're constantly in third and short territory and obviously most worrisome now is the fact Christian Derrissaw who you mentioned they were able to leave out on an island nearly every snap this year which allowed everyone else to get help and double team other guys they may have made a huge mistake by rushing him back too early not sure if he was 100% as you mentioned he leaves again he's out at least this Thursday, if not more. And Mm -hmm. what I'm most upset and confused about, honestly, because every team deals with injuries. The fact they never changed their game plan up, the coaches, that is, that worried me. And how about Blake Brandle, for example, with some double teams, some chip blocks, anything, and just acted like he was expected to hold his own against the best pass rusher in the league. The game plan was horrible. They did not set up Kirk Cousins or their offensive line for much success. For me, the large majority of that is on the coach is the bigger concern now though now that they've been exposed a little bit here the whole world realizes they just do not have the depth at some of these positions to hang the drop-off is just too far big going from some of these starters to the backups to even some of the third stringers in some cases so what mm-hmm. position or area are you most concerned about when it comes to the injuries kind of piling up and backups being forced to play it has to be corner for me Because Mm -hmm. Patrick Peterson has been fantastic this year, but he can't do everything. Like, Mm -hmm. you can't rely on him to just do everything. And Andrew Booth Jr., for all that we said about him and how he could have been, you know, like the steal of the draft where he was taken in the draft, he struggled, man. And they were forced to use him. Like, they had to use him because they were literally depleted in the defensive backfield, like no Cam Dantzler, no Caleb Evans. Caleb Evans was tweeting last night, you know, and it's just tough when you lose that type of depth. And I just think Andrew Booth Jr., it's too early to really kind of like define what type of player he's going to be. But so far he's had struggles with 
penalties. You saw that yesterday. And he's just had struggles keeping up with guys as well. You know, it's it's a tough transition from college to the NFL, and he's dealt with injuries, so he hasn't been able to really be out there and work his technique and, and really get into a rhythm. And so when you look at that and looking at how the defense just really wasn't able to stop anything yesterday, I think a microcosm of that defense yesterday was when Zadarius Smith had Dak in his grasp. Mm. Like he had him. He had him. And somehow Dak was able to spin out of it and run for a little bit of a gain. I was just like, wow, like they literally can't do anything to stop these guys. And he did whatever he wanted. Dak threw some dimes yesterday. But with some of those dimes, it was because guys were getting beat. And it just wasn't pretty. So if you you ask me, like, which player do they miss the most? I think, you know, they probably wish they had Cam Dantzler out there. Caleb Evans played well in his relief. They probably really wish they had him out there as well. So that that leaves a little bit to be desired. And that's a little bit concerning when you think about the teams that they're going to be facing moving forward and what they're going to have to do to rebound as a defensive unit. They need to shore up the defensive backfield, and it just doesn't look that way moving into this week against the Patriots. Yeah, Patriots, Jets, Giants, I believe, the next three games, three better defenses in the NFL, for sure a lot to be concerned about. And and well said as far as the cornerback and injury thing go, too. Backups are playing. That's one thing. Everybody deals with it. You just try to kind of put a Band-Aid on some of this stuff until you get Dan Slur, until you get Evans back in the secondary. Tomlinson could be back this week, so that's good. But just in general, when we look at the big picture, a lot of people scrutinize the Vikings' win, saying they weren't legit, the come mm-hmm. from behind stuff isn't sustainable. They never look like they're in control in any of these games at any point. We've got seven games left here now, Reg. What's the biggest vulnerability of this team moving forward down the stretch that you see? Is what you just said. Them never looking like they're firmly in control of these games. Like It's not since week one against the Packers mm-hmm. where they – actually look firmly in control. There have been so many of these games, you can count them, where the offense just goes away. Like they 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 can't do anything. They go three and out. That's the biggest concern for me because if you're a team that is always trying to play from behind, like, hey, we're never out of it, we're never out of it, week after week, that gets a little exhausting. You know, like how many times can you continue to do that before you just get exposed and before, you know, it's it's just not helpful anymore. And I think it'd be nice, and the players say it all the time, it'd be nice to just be in control of some of these games instead of, you know, always having to come back and, and win. And, you know, those are thrilling wins, but you look at it like you you – rely on just hanging around, hanging around, hanging around. But on Sunday, they didn't hang at all. And that's why things can look really, really ugly. If you can't keep up and then the other team is doing whatever they want to do. Like, I thought that what we saw yesterday was like what we would see in Buffalo. Because Mm -hmm. I'm like, look, the offense goes into these lulls and all of a sudden they can't do anything. And I thought that that was what was going to derail them 
against Buffalo last week, but they were able to compete and they were able to win it. But moving forward, man, the offense just can't continue to have these lulls because that then puts pressure on the defense, a defense that we saw really struggle yesterday. And when you got the offense struggling and you got the defense struggling, that's a recipe for a blowout, which we saw yesterday. And I don't think fans want to see any more of those moving forward. I think it goes back to the same thing we were worried about before the season started, if the protection can hold up for Kirk. Because for me, Kirk's a quarterback that needs a certain level of support to operate at a high level. He didn't get it yesterday. In fact, honestly, you ask 10 people, I'm sure nine of them would say, I don't know if there's any quarterback in the league that could have done much with what Kirk was given versus the Cowboys. And come playoff time, Look at the possible defenses you're going to have to play. Running back with the Cowboys, that's a real possibility. That's going to scare the pants out of everyone. The Niners, that's who they would play, by the way, if the playoffs started today. The 49ers, great front four pass rushers led by a top three edge in Nick Bosa. Teams that can get home with four, like those two teams, Seattle right now, even Washington we saw a few weeks ago, those teams should scare people come playoff time, especially after what we just witnessed versus the Cowboys. Reg, I'm just curious real quick here, what the vibe and message was like in the locker room last night? You were there front and center. Were heads hanging low? Was it dark and somber? Like, who did you catch up with, if anybody? Did you go to the presser? And what was the post-game message and vibe from what you gathered? For one, it was a ghost town in there. You know, usually it's really lively. You know, guys are talking, laughing, joking, you know, all of that. You didn't hear any of that. It was it was so quiet I could almost hear myself breathe. And I don't breathe hard. You know, like it, it was just it was weird, man. And we talked to Harrison Smith, we talked to uh Patrick Peterson, we talked to Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Blake Brandle. Um it, it just it just wasn't a good day at all. And you can feel it. Like I think it was one of those games where guys like took a shower and then got lost or they didn't even take a shower. They just went home after that. They were like, I'll shower when I get home. I don't want to talk to anybody. And, you know, kudos to the guys that, you know, did talk to us. And Patrick Peterson was, was very gracious talking to us and, and really gave us some, some things to, to go on um, really descriptive and why he felt like things didn't work. And I appreciated it. But it was just like, man, like this, this as as thrilling as the locker rooms has been, you know, these last few weeks, you know, music bumping, you know, players loud and, and excited and talking and laughing like we got none of that yesterday. And they were it was it was really business like in there. They were like, oh, you know, look, we got we got whooped. Glad it's a short week so we can come back. And, and play on Thanksgiving because that was not who we think we are. That was not who we expect to be on a weekend and week out basis. Good news is KOC has never lost two games in a row in his coaching career. So, I mean, they got that going for him, which is it's nice. still early. Come, <laughs> coming up, we're breaking down the Thanksgiving feast versus the Vikings and Patriots. But first, Vikes dropped to 15-1 to to win the Super Bowl after yesterday's blowout to Dallas. They opened this week versus the Patriots as three-point favorites at home. Make sure to keep tabs all season long and check those odds out and more with 
BetOnline. BetOnline.net, fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Stats, news, info, you want it, they got it. NFL, NHL, NBA, even MMA and UFC. BetOnline makes betting easy and is your number one source for all your betting needs. Go to BetOnline.net today to learn more. That's BetOnline.net, where the game starts. And remember, when you subscribe to Lockdown Sports Minnesota, you're getting endless Vikings talk with local experts. Sam and Ron, they're talking football every day in the Ron Johnson Show. Reggie Wilson gives you a sports anchor's perspective right here on Superior Sports Talk. And the Minnesota Football Party brings together the top Vikings podcasters in the city. Subscribe to the free Lockdown Sports Minnesota podcast feed wherever you find your podcast. Drop us that five-star review or... Find our videos on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota YouTube channel. Hit the subscribe button. Leave us a comment. Let us know what you think. You can now find us streaming as well on your Roku or Amazon Fire Stick devices. Just download our Lockdown Sports Minnesota app. Enjoy all our content and daily shows for free at your fingertips any day, anytime. All right, last one here real quick before we get to what does it mean, Reg. Derrissaw's out. You hope you get Evans and Tomlinson back at least. And you've got maybe the greatest NFL coach in history coming to town on a short week where a lot of these games come down to coaching more times than not. Patriots have allowed six points in their last two games. They've got the number two scoring defense in the NFL and a top five defense in third downs allowed and yards allowed. Reg, what's the game plan here now for KOC? How do you rally the troops back so quickly? And any other storylines that just first come to mind when you think about this matchup on Thanksgiving? Got to keep it simple, man. Just keep it simple. Mm-hmm. Get back to the basics and do what you know how to do well. You know, it was weird yesterday not seeing a, a scripted first drive for a touchdown. It ended in a thud with that, you know, strip sack to end the first drive. And so I think, you know, you get back to what you were doing and what you're good at, you know, rip the playbook up from from this week and 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 do something different on Thursday. I think it's cool too, you know, you kind of got like the the teacher against the pupil, you know, KOC mm-hmm. started under Belichick. And so this will be kind of fun. You know, he he played against McDaniels in the preseason and now he gets the the godfather. Belichick, mm-hmm. you know, I, I want I know he wants to show him like, hey, look at my team. This is what we got going on. The Patriots in my mind are not very good you know like they they do just enough to get by and they don't there are some scare times you where yeah you know, they, they don't, don't strike scare, but, fear in you but they win games because it's Belichick but, the, but there's sometimes where you're just like oh wow they score how many points they did what you know from mm-hmm. from Mac Jones just dinking and dunking it down the field all of a sudden it's just like oh okay you know the Cowboys had that 10 minute long drive yesterday where they literally couldn't do anything wrong. And it ended in that touchdown to Tony Pollard. And I think the Patriots are capable of doing things like that as well. So something to watch out for. So you got KOC Belichick. You also got McCourty and Harry. Like those two guys are kind of neck and neck when it comes to interceptions. and, And they're always getting compared to each other. So it'll be cool to see those guys go. And now... You know, you, you'll see the, the Patriots running game against the the defense of the Vikings as well. So there are a lot of different storylines that we're going to see in this one. And a lot on the line now because you are coming off this embarrassing win. So at least you want to look competitive against the guy that 
you know, kind of brought you into this league. So going to be interesting. We're going to break all that stuff down as well on our CARE 11 pregame show uh, leading up to kickoff on Thursday. A lot of good bullet points there. Games within the game. Can't wait to check that out. Vikings are 1-5 all-time versus a Bill Belichick-led Patriot team and have lost five in a row. They've mm. lost those games by an average of 15.6 points. The last mm. time the Vikings beat him was 22 years ago, September 17th, 2000. Wow. Belichick certainly has this team's number, which is concerning. And although their offense right now is pretty putrid, they're down multiple offensive linemen as well. But you just know it's the Patriot way to find a way to sub guys in and run the football effectively. And after what they just saw Dallas do in the trenches, Belichick might just be licking his chops. Great test for KOC to see how he can rally this team back on a short week, just three days from now, as we're enjoying our Thanksgiving meals. All right, time has come. I'm putting Reggie on the hot seat with what does it mean? First one up, check this out. Lewis Seen, he's not going to play a single defensive snap this season. Andrew Boot Jr., he's been hurt and a liability when he has been on the field. Ed Engram's pass blocking has been exposed. Brian Asamoa really only plays special teams. Not one of the Vikings' 10 draft picks have made a significant impact through the first 10 games. So what does it mean when assessing Kwesi's first draft class and the lack of depth now being exposed for the Vikings down the stretch? I think it's tough because those guys were, you know, there were only a few that were drafted to be impact guys right away. And you lose Lewis Seen to the broken leg, and that's unfortunate. Andrew Booth Jr. has battled injuries this year, and so he really hasn't gotten a chance to get into a, a rhythm on this defense as well. So you, you maybe give him a little bit of a pass. You know, Brian Asamoah, God bless him. I think he's going to be a stud in this league, yeah. but he's behind two of the most productive linebackers in the game right now. And so, you know, there are circumstances to a lot of these players. You know, Caleb Evans has come in good in relief, but, you know, he's behind Dantzler and P2 on the depth chart. So that's something that kind of limits, you know, his ability as well. So, look, Ed Ingram, it's kind of tough being a, a first-year guard in the NFL, like a lot being thrown at him. I think he's done well enough, you know, but it's been tough for him. I think he'll continue to grow. This is good, you know, game, you know, film for him. I think this will be something that he can grow from moving forward. We saw Darisaw kind of struggle a little bit last year, and then this year he's been a dude, so – you know, not not ready to give up on him or, or any of the, the picks just yet. It's just kind of been circumstantial. But I think moving forward down the stretch, it's why you drafted those guys. The NFL is one of those leagues where, you know, you don't really draft guys to stash them. You draft them to play mm -hmm. them. And I think that's something that you want to see moving forward. Some of those guys, you know, in-depth spots continue to come in and do what you drafted them to do, which is make plays. Yeah, no, well said. There's so much parity in the NFL. Any team with one good offseason can go from worst to first. Look at what the Seahawks did with one great draft. They're all of a sudden one of the, if not the biggest surprise team right now in the mm -hmm. NFL. But some draft classes, they pop off right away, and then they kind of fizzle out over the next few years. And some draft classes, it does take two, three years to kind of finally look back and say, look, now they're being productive. But certainly not the start that you hoped for from this draft class. 
Next one up, last one. As the playoffs stand now, the Vikings would play the 49ers with the Cowboys, Seahawks, Bucks, Giants all in the mix. What does it mean when it comes to which team they need to avoid the most to escape a first-round exit? Which team are you scared of the most? The 49ers, I'm scared. Like, too. The, you're talking about a team that could be a Super Bowl-type contender in the NFC. The mm-hmm. NFC, number one, is wide open. There's not a team that you're just like, oh, my gosh, they scare the mess out of me. Like, you've seen a lot of these teams lose. Like, you you could see the Bucks maybe come back and do something. They got Tom Brady, so that's scary. But I, I think if you look at it, the 49ers, man, they got all the weapons from Debo to McCaffrey to the the studs they have on defense. Like, if you're playing against them, and we saw what the Vikings looked like last season against the Niners, they just seem to have teams' numbers. Kyle Shanahan does a really good job of game planning and getting his teams prepared. You know, we saw what they did to the Packers in the playoffs last year. Even when it seems like the 49ers don't have a chance, the talent that they've assembled all across the field and the game plans that Shanahan puts together put them in great positions to succeed. And if you're talking about playing a team like that in the playoffs, you're talking about a team that can bounce you from the playoffs real quick. And that, my friend, is scary hours. (laughs) Teams that can rush with this front four, man, because Cousins can't take the pressure anyways. He gets a little panicky. We know that. That's not like a surprise. That's not a hot take. But when you can get pressure with your front four, that means you get to drop somebody else back in coverage, and it just makes things cloudy, makes things murky back there, really muddy for Cousins, and that's the defenses that have really given Cousins fits. Micah Parsons, or Nick Bosa, I want nothing to do with either of them come playoffs. Really what the Vikings need to do the next seven weeks is get their home field swag back because they should be playing one of those first games at home. You need to have that home field advantage come playoff time. All right, that's a wrap today. Remember, you got to like, rate, review, and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Join us every day for another episode with your 30-minute breakdown of everything Minnesota sports. We're a podcast, too, free and available, all platforms. Subscribe, drop us a five-star review, and find us now streaming on your Roku or Amazon Fire Stick devices. Just look out for our Locked On Sports Minnesota app there as well. That's the man, Reggie Wilson, on Twitter, at Reggie Wilson TV. Check him out every night up on CARE 11. Luke Inman on Twitter, at Luke underscore Spinman. Special thanks. Thanks to our producer, Matt the Brits. Tune in tomorrow to Superior Sports Talk, part of Lockdown Sports Minnesota. For Reggie, I'm Luke. Until tomorrow, signing out. Be blessed. Spread love this week.